Welcome to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, practitioner-to-practitioner conversations to inspire, mentor, and learn from. Diane Pascoe is a vibrant, inspired naturopath and VLA quad scan practitioner in Perth. Over 23 years, Diane has transitioned from two country practices to a thriving Perth practice. Diane has the gift of the gab and is a prolific networker. Today, I chat with Diane to get the lowdown on her networking web and insider trading on how this works and how to get a foot in the door to keep your business on the boil. Thank you, Diane, for inviting me into your practice today. So I'm with uh, Diane Pascoe, naturopath in Subiaco in Perth. And it's actually lovely to see you. Diane and I had an interview. Diane very kindly did a component of our VLA Advanced webinar for us just a few months ago. So if you got to uh, hear that VLA Advanced webinar recording, then uh, you'd be very, very familiar with Diane's voice, her vitality and her passion for the industry and what she does. And the reason that I wanted to come and speak to Diane today was because I was so impressed with Diane's uh, ability to network, to be able to speak to people, let people know that she exists and how she can help people. So thank you for today, Diane. My pleasure. Good Good to see you in person. <laughs> I know, it is. It's lovely to be here, actually. So um, we were talking, uh, starting off with the networking side of things. Yes. Um, before we get into that, let's have a little bit of a getting to know Diane. So you've got two practices at the moment. You've been in the industry for 23 years. As yes, that's right. And always in Perth? All, I always, well, actually, when I first started out, mm. I was in Perth and also I had two clinics in the country. I actually would work from the family home in Cochinut because there's nothing like the Bush Telegraph <laughs> for getting word around and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And also I worked uh, in Katanning as well. So I would get a lift with the, with the solicitor and head down to the country and I'd do that once a fortnight just to help things along and I do massage from there as well. So I have worked in the country too. Oh, wow. Yes. So, because so, I don't know Western Australia very well, how far is that from Perth? The um, Down to Kojanup is a three-hour drive south okay. and then Katanning's only 20 minutes from Kojanup. Okay, so is that so, down near Bunbury? Um, it's on the way to Albany. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, yes. So that was that was a way to get things going early on and to pay for my rent in Netherlands because of course when you start up your practice you have many days when you don't have anybody or you might have one client so you do need to do other things to subsidize that while things take off it takes a long time to build up your business. Yes. Do you think that uh, as a general, from what you've seen in all your years of practice, that there's a kind of a, a time frame in years from startup until when you're rolling and you're a bit more comfortable? In general, the time frame is, and I was taught this by a marketing advisor, they say on average it takes really two years to break even and about five years before you really start making any money. That's that's the usual rule. Yeah, that's, yes. that's it. That's good to hear that from another source because I've always thought it's about three years. You know, about mm. Three years till you till you're really up and running, unless you've done something else amazing that's yes. you're really kickstart to the launch. Yes. Well, it's 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 tricky. I think mm. it's tricky. Mm. Yes. Mm. So from from juggling three practices at startup. Yes. Then where where did that go? Well, as I got busier and I was also lecturing, which um, was great too, I ended up working just 
full-time in Netherlands, um, as well as doing some lecturing on the side. And the country clients would just have to see me when they were in Perth. So, oh, so they, they travel up then? Yes, you? they would travel up, and to this day I still see some of them. So, oh, wow. yes, country clients are very loyal, so that's another good reason to set things up in the country initially. Mm. Uh, you, you know, I often hear, and I've said this on, an, on another podcast, that you know, in Australia it's, it's considered that, oh, I can't set up in the country because there's no money in the country. It's you struggle when you're in the country. Mm. But that's not what I see a lot of the time. You have to be a part of the community. Absolutely. And what I would do in the country is I would do a lot of talks. I'd speak at the local con- um, the local country women's association or at Rotary Clubs, Apex, Lions, and you would just be seen as you walk around the street. So, yeah. yeah. So that's probably a good groundwork then to get into the whole networking story. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you were saying earlier when we were off off mic that you are more comfortable with networking, talking face to face than doing social media, blogging, that yes, sort of thing. Yes. Tell me a bit more about that. Well the industry is just ever changing. It used to be in the old days you could just get a really nice photo of yourself and pop it in the yellow pages <laughs> and people would select you that way and that would be your investment and it would pay off. These days, well, you don't bother with yellow pages anymore and it's all changed. Everyone's talking about social media. So, yes, you do need to have a presence online, but um, I don't know how anyone else feels, but I just feel that I can put up the most innocent sort of post talking about how some smoothies might be high in calories and you can just get trolled from that. So I prefer, maybe I'm just too sensitive, so I would (laughs) rather uh, meet up with people face-to-face and do a talk and if anyone wants to challenge me about anything I'm more than happy to you know give answers but uh, yeah do it there and then face-to-face and so there's lots of opportunities where you can meet and greet people and here in Perth it's just become such a thing the big word is collaborative you work collaboratively collaboratively with other practices or other businesses. So one group that I got involved with is the Green Goodness community. They're here in Perth and their whole idea is is that they are into um, things that are natural and things that are good for you and healthy and they try and um, just get people together who are in the industry, whether it's a personal trainer or people who own a business which sells protein shakes or businesses such as naturopaths or NLP practitioners and so on. And um, you can meet people that way. So that's one group and yeah, that has that has been really worthwhile so doing green, that. Green goodness. Yeah, green goodness. So yes. where does that where does that come from? Well, um, that started off with Rachel Dowdy. She's she's a marketing guru. I'll just call her that, and that that's her passion, and that's what she had started. So people are invited. You join as a member, and you go along to workshops. And so there might be workshops where it's talking about particular issues, such as. Um, you know, social media things, um, how to um, promote yourself doing that, how to write a blog or how to get a presence, that type of thing. Also, they'll do things like, um, it's almost like speed dating of meeting other people in the industry just so that you can get your name out there and get known. So it's, it's all 
practitioners, personal trainers, yes, people in the health time. industry yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, so yes. It's like your own little network. Over it there. is mm-hmm. like a network, and um, so. So that that has been um, really good, and I have received clients out of it because, of course, people who are interested in that, they might be, you know, might have a lot of knowledge about health and so on, but it's a different thing again when you're seeing a naturopath and getting that individualised care. So they do need a naturopath in the end. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so, so that's that's not the only group you network with. No, another group that I uh, network is it's it's called BNI Business Networking International, yeah. and that is a very um, formal group, and you you are you are approached to join this particular group, and it's a bit like Rotary where you represent a particular um, industry. Yeah. So I represent I hold the naturopath seat in my particular chapter. So no other naturopaths are allowed to join my group and also the people within the group um, had to to, um, approve of me as well and they had to check references and everything else. So out of that I'm committed every single week to um, go along to breakfast meetings and I stand up and for one minute each each week I will stand up and talk about the types of clients that I'm looking for. So as an example, I was at my meeting this morning and I got up and I spoke about how, um, who do you know that would like to see a naturopath that has been around for a long time but also likes to keep up to date and talk to them how I'm reading a particular book and the new Mosley book about um about gut health and also talking about how I'm doing a webinar at the moment and will also be attending a seminar over the weekend (laughs) and so just talking about that type of thing you give yourself a plug and then in that group they sincerely get to know you and what you're about and then things can go from there. So how, how often do you do your little talk? Every single week, oh, nice. and everybody then stands up and does everyone that. stands up, and it's sixty seconds, and and it's very strict. Okay. Yes, it's a very formal meeting how it's run, mm-hmm. and then and then every now and again, everyone has their turn to do a ten-minute talk, uh-huh. to really get to know about you as well. Mm-hmm. Then there's another section of this meeting where people, you stand up and you talk about your statistics as far as who you might have. It is encouraged as you get to know people within the group to refer people. Yes, it's yes. just just part of the group, and you don't yeah, have to refer. Yeah, and if you and you don't have to refer people if you don't think they're good enough. But if you do, then you get up and say, "Well, I've got a referral for this person and that person," and then you do actually get up. And this might sound a little crass, but you actually stand up and you have a thank you for close of business section where you say exactly how much money you have brought in that week. Okay. And it's and you and you do say the names of um, people that have referred to you. Okay. And so they sort of get the credit for referring those clients to you. Oh, that's, that's quite uplifting though, isn't it? It's very uplifting and what's, what's really good about it is when you are in a small business, it can be very isolating. Mm. 
And also, you know, and things can also get a little bit negative, especially having part of my practices in Subiaco, which has gone through a very big transition of a lot of empty buildings and people saying things like, oh, Subi's just such a downer. Oh, my goodness. There's no walkthrough traffic. Everyone's going broke around there and so on. So there's a lot of negative talk and you can get caught up in it. But if you go along every week where a lot of people really are doing very well in business, um, yeah, it, it does give you a lift. And also you're associating with a lot of other people who are in businesses and they can sympathise with what it's like to be in small business and so on. So, so you, supported you well. feel supported mm-hmm. because you have a lot of you're exposed to a lot of clever people. So within my group there are three different types of lawyers, there's an accountant um, there's a builder and he also owns his own building company. Um, there's there's a business coach, there's marketing people, website designers. So, yeah, people people often like to give you, you know, tips at no charge as well. I so you saying it, uh, you joined that just before Christmas, didn't you, is that right? Before yes, Christmas? that's right. And you were saying that you were doing VLA tests with them? Yes, yeah. that's right. So one way of getting people, so people... Um, as being part of this group, they need to get to know you. And so you do these this by having some meeting meetings with them and they're called one-to-ones. So what I would do as part of my one-to-one is I would, and just to give them a little taste of what it's like to come and see a naturopath, I would do a, I call it a complementary body composition assessment using the VLA. And everybody finds it very interesting and people are intrigued. And then people with health issues then like to... Um, come on in later and that also the in providing a complementary VLA is actually a very easy and effective way for getting people in the door and starting to get to know you so I use that same method with gyms mm-hmm. um, as well and, and and an outdoor exercise group I see three going I've got three going. I share it. I share <laughs> it. So, yeah. So, um, so in the northern suburbs, there's a gym yeah. that I work with and then also an outdoor exercise group. So all of those people who are members of that gym or outdoor exercise group, and they all pretty much know me because I go to these places fairly regularly, and they're allowed to just come on in and have a complimentary body composition assessment. So it gives them a chance to see what the clinic looks like and they get to say, oh, this is all rather nice and oh, there's the receptionist and oh, here's the nice room and, and then you, and then, and they just get to know you. And then they might just sort of ask them, questions and then yeah then it can just go from there and then they can be interested either then or at a later date to come in for an appointment okay so Mm. just to to paraphrase that when when somebody joins the gym Mm. they get as part of the gym membership they get a complimentary VLA from you yes to use or not to use which is the way they choose yes that's right come in they get their VLA yes you give them a very I give them I give them the printout I explain and then see you later it's 15 20 minutes that's it it's just a it's just a just a snippet you can't give too much away because you will get used So then, so I mean, if you're joining a gym, really, you only want to know about your fat and your muscle as as, a, as an overview, you know, like essentially the basics. Yes. And then, what percentage of those would actually turn around and become patients in the long run? Have you ever done analytics on it? 
I should have, but I haven't. <laughs> but I can tell. But I what I do do is I do um, I do work out the percentage of clients which are coming from which gym, yeah. or whether it's word of mouth, yeah. or whether it's the BNI group. So okay. it's all it's all recorded, and okay. I make sure that it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So when, yes. when we spoke last time, you had a gym that is in an area with a demographic that is quite young, vital. Yes, well, so that's the Subiaco Clinic. Subiaco, okay. Yes. And then so the other one is a gym for more older people. Yes, older people and also just people in the northern suburbs. Which is a huge area. In if you if you don't know Perth, um, just be aware that the northern suburbs is a huge growth area, okay. and real estate wise, it's still doing fairly well. It's a very sort of livable area, and you know the levels of people's education, that type of demographic, that they're, they're doing well. You know they've got they they have a good disposable income. Mm. And having changed or added that gym into your, let's just say, networking tool belt, yes, uh, has that made? Is do you see a difference in the in the people coming in, or is it, is yes. it a better group for you? Is that how does that work? Um, I would say that they're older, and often with older clients, um, they tend to want to come back more often. And tend to be much more, I guess, more of a loyal client. The younger the client, gross generalisation, tend to be very easily swayed by, say, exam for example, the friend yes. or the latest thing they've seen on the net. Okay. And can think nothing of, oh, I'm just going to see that person. Oh, see someone else. Or, no, I'm going to take my friend's advice and do what they're doing. Yeah. Whereas the older client, I find, is more likely to take you will respect you and take it on board and follow through okay so it was a good move then i think it's a yeah i think it's a good move yeah. yes yeah. yes mm. what, what was the third one the seat at the two gyms and then the outdoor exercise right. group yeah. yes yes so yep and and that's a great group as well because also having an older group they tend to have more health issues which yeah. you can give so much more help to yeah. and then they see the benefit and what you also have with the fitness group is that you have an audience everyone is sort of looking at that person that's seeing you i mean i don't I, of course i maintain confidentiality yes. but the person who might be seeing me so a few people in the group say oh, look at me now i've been saying die and look at this oh i feel fantastic i feel so much better <laughs> and so there you go you've got sincere authentic marketing yeah. and promotion yeah. yeah so there you're walking a frame really they're well, they are they are and that's a really nice way of doing that i'd rather do that any day than write a newsletter or a post and yep you're part of the the fitness group the yes group. i am yes i am walking the talk i you have to say. yes you must for yeah. sure yeah. definitely definitely but they know that i'm not perfect <laughs> you human? I'm, I'm human. Oh, oh yes, they know. <laughs> they know that. <laughs> I think that's important for you know, authenticity. I think it's important for our patients to see that we do eat chocolate and yes. we do drink coffee or we do have wine or yes. whatever it happens to be. That's right. That's right. Because um, otherwise, well, then you, you can't relate. No. Yes. Yeah. No. 
they can see that there's a, a better way than maybe the way they're doing it. Like yes. It doesn't have to be a horrible street. No, and it's not an all or nothing. No. And there is a balance. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's, mm. that's really nice to see. So uh, do, you, do you just naturally network? You're happy to just go up to people and just talk to people? Um, it tends to be, well, say within the fitness group, I can easily approach people and say, I call it, in the fitness group, I might just call it a zap and just say, you should come in for a free zap. Come on in. <laughs> come on. It's amazing. And so I can say that, but anything more than that, if I then start, because people know you're a naturopath and I'll start to get questions and people starting to want to get information from you, you you really have to just stop it and and in a really nice way to say gosh look I really need to be sitting down I really need to be taking notes and I really need to look at your whole case to really do this properly I can't just be offering advice on the run I've got to look at you holistically have you learned that over time oh my gosh yes I'm still learning it all the time yes <laughs> yes so what, what were you like when you first the first few years 10 years that you came out of practice were you happy to talk to people and give them free advice oh definitely yes then you'll like me then you'll come and see me sure but no you get discarded and you feel dry you feel milked dry and then you can feel jaded yeah. so no no just um you you have to maintain your professionalism and People have to get their money's worth when they come and see you. You can't give it away for free. Just no way. And also, there isn't a there isn't a hard and fast answer for cases anyway. There's it's always there's always layers. There's always areas where you need to start first. You can't just be, you know, you can you can you can sort of give people though a bit of a clangor at a dinner party and get them thinking, yeah. but then yeah but definitely don't start doing any consults at a party or whatever no no don't sell yourself short it's, mm. it's something I, I hear over and over again over again and I do think it's one of those things that comes with years yes is that you just learn that you don't have to give free advice no you don't have to do free consultations at parties and yes wherever you happen to be yes um and I think also it also then if you if you draw that line like you did with your lovely little script that yeah you yeah if you draw that line then they actually see you as being more professional yes you're put into a different bracket yes um, you know and then there's more respect and more trust there I think absolutely absolutely and and you know yourself if you're just giving snippets of advice in a social situation or whatever it's not good quality advice and you will walk away thinking oh oh I, I didn't take that into consideration and I'm sure that wouldn't work if they you know if they just did that that there's so much more to this everything being a naturopath half of your job is explaining and educating the client as to why they are doing it so that they will follow through and understand the process do you, yep. have a, do you have a good buy-in rate for your patients to come and see you for the first time to follow through? Yes, I do. I keep statistics on that. That's a good. That's something that will always keep your chin up during quiet times, and something that will help people in general in practice is always keep your hand on the pulse of your business. Data is really, really important. So I have a business coach and I've been seeing him all year, which has been working really well. And one of the things my business coach has got me to do is 
do a category of when I put in all of my information, the retention rate. Yes. How many times has this client come to see me? And it's a really, and that's something really good to know because that's really encouraging. And I've worked out on average it's over five at least and the average client for me has been seeing me for 10 years. Wow. So, amazing. yeah, and so that's, it's reassuring. Yeah, doing the right thing? I'm doing something right anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, and if and if I'm not sure, I definitely refer on because this job doesn't have to be a really difficult job. So, uh, well, tell, yeah. tell me more about the retention rate. And yes, what you do? Do you have systems in place that ensure that from initial phone inquiry, initial gym or whatever mm. inquiry, converting into a let's call them a full-time patient, Yes. Um, do you have a technique for ensuring that that loyalty that you, you're definitely getting? Um, how, I, how I work is, you know, authentically in that I really like to have a good connection with my clients. So I get to know people very well with a long initial consultation. And also, and so from going backwards, from the initial inquiry, always strike while the iron is hot. Respond, respond quickly. Get them in, book them in as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, might get them to get the ball rolling as well by getting them to do a metagenic seminar, I mean, metagenics um, online questionnaire, just so they can be more mindful about what sort of, sort of sure. symptoms they have, and that gives me more information about them that might have slipped through the consult. So start with a connection. Um, depending on the client, I might feel it's necessary after one or two weeks. How are you going? You know, sending a text, I like communicating via text because it requires less physical energy and, it's, and you can just be quick. An email, you have to be a little bit more wordy, but um, text is quick and people don't seem to mind it. They don't find it intrusive. And so I like to keep in touch via text to make sure that they are going okay without giving too much away. There is a balance with that too. That's the danger with a phone call, isn't it? That's the danger with a phone call and also people, I don't know what it is, but I think people are busier these days. Yeah. People are busier and running around and racing around. I don't think you're ever really going to call someone at a good time where they feel like talking, but a text people can give a, a three-word answer and um, in their own time, even if it's at 11 o'clock at night. Yes. So, yes, yep. So making sure the client is, um, yeah, is, is happy with how things are going. That's something that I do. Okay. And be available. Right. Just if I always say, oh, if you have any, you know, questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact me. Or if you feel that you're going backwards in any way, please don't hesitate to contact me because I think... In this day and age where there's so much information available, people can just Google stuff or whatever or talk to the friend. Um, so there's information overload. So how you can combat that is being service orientated, providing a good service mm -hmm. because you can't just Google that and get that from the net. Mm. What do you do to ensure service quality for yourself do you have a is that just you your personality the way that you are or do you have okay a system in place where I must do this I must do that um, are there things that you've learned from your business coach um, well you have to be well 
the way that I have chosen to work and the way that I am and the style of practice that I have is that um, I'm all about my clients and I sincerely do care about my clients and that's where I find it satisfying. So I'm that type of practitioner. So um, there can be other practitioners out there and this has been determined by the business coach where you might be more of an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial type of person where you like to just sort of, you've got this idea and you just want to run a practice and then have, you know, in the long term, have people work beneath you and work a certain way and you be running the business from up high. Um, that's not my style. My style, though, is, is on the ground and consulting. Okay. Yep. You were talking earlier about, I asked you the question, what do you do well? And you said, do you good with your pep talks? I'm good with the pep talk, I so would tell say. Tell me a little bit more about that. Okay, so look, there are, there, are, there are practitioners out there who are brilliant with biochemistry and pathways and so on, and, and dazzling with science and so on, and explaining that really well. So that can be someone's forte. So I'm really good friends with people like that. But then you can have, the I seem to be, and what people seem to say without blowing my own trumpet, is that they always feel better after having seen me. Okay. So they come in and they might be feeling stressed out or upset, depleted, sick, or feeling like they're not getting anywhere with weight loss or something like that. So... I, I give a pep talk. I feel like that's the nature of my practice where I'm encouraging people and teaching people how to, you know, get better and, you know, embrace this particular aspect and use this particular remedy for this reason and talking about self-nurturing and so on and also show them how well they're doing. It's really important to have really good notes. So when the patient or the client comes in, you can say, look, you've, you've had this, this and this issue. How's that? It's gone. Excellent. That one's gone. Great. That's ameliorated. Excellent. And so then you're, you're giving them a lift and it's all sincere. It's, it's all true. And they walk away, you know, seeing it as a positive experience because I, I'm, I'm mindful that I don't want to be a practitioner where I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at people or telling people off or people are feeling they're going to come to me and get told off or being given a hard time. Of course I'm going to call it out if I feel like they're deceiving themselves or not doing themselves any favours, but I might use a bit of humour with that. But I want people to come away feeling that they've had a, it's a positive experience. Is that a pep talk every consultation? Yeah, I think pretty much. I think I think a lot of people out there just need to sit down. <laughs> yeah, I yes, yes, people sit in the chair and people are just so busy. They just about everybody's burning the candle at both ends mm -hmm. and just uh, just just you know trying to keep going. And so, yeah, I'm 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 part of the support team that is keeping them going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
It's an interesting uh, role that we sometimes find ourselves in, isn't it? It's, you know, you think you're going to go in in, in the early days of practice. You think, I'm going to go in, I'm going to dispense my herbs, I'm yes. going to change the diet, I'm going to do this. And then sometimes it's just keeping people's head above water. It's keeping people's heads above water, yes, yes. And having them, and people these days with their short attention spans, that's an issue now, um, and... And, and being so caught up and, you know, almost everyone seems to almost have a form of ADD because we're so attached to our screens, we're changing our neural pathways that we're just not keeping on track with anything. And so, yeah, the pep talk, you really have to be strong with what you're saying to get people yeah, on track, remembering to take their rem remedies and remembering why they should be taking their remedies and what happens if they do eat this or that and really really bringing it home yeah mm. so does that require a lot of energy from you um yes it does but then you get it back then you get it back I like I like all of my clients which is re I'm really I'm so blessed with that because I can think sometimes oh I have to go to work tomorrow or something like that but then I've got I'd love, then I'll look at who I'm seeing and I'll say, oh, I'm seeing so-and-so or so-and-so. Oh, I'm seeing so-and-so. And so, oh, that's great. You know, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm really lucky that everybody that I see, I, I just, you know, I really quite like and I'm really happy to help and go out and be on the call of duty for them. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. It sounds to me like over the past 23 years you've had... Uh, what's almost like a natural progression for a lot of practitioners. You're starting out, building your business, mm, out, mm. learning what works, learning what kind of patients that work. Yes. What about on the the other side of things? What about let's call them learning curves? Yes. I don't. Well, I'll avoid the word mistake. But then right. Any learning curves? Any things that you could have done better? Oh. I could be. You know, I could be going to even more seminars. Okay. And I could be, I could be studying more details. Absolutely, I should be sitting down and studying more. I, you know, I would like to do that, but that's a time management issue, and I've got that on the cards. I've been in that seat, absolutely. You know, from being practiced myself yep. that many years before I started with metagenics. And I do, I used to go to a metagenic seminar, I'm just using metagenics as an example. Mm. And I'd sit there and think, wow, you know, so if I could just know all that, how can I remember that? And then I'd be, you know, have patients in the next week and I'd be thinking, oh, that's right, I learnt that at the seminar. And I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up as a, as a thing that you could be doing better because now in the role that I'm in where I have to learn information and then teach that yes. in a seminar, um, I think that when you actually have to repeat that information, when you have to teach somebody else, when you have to, you know, get what you've heard in your brain out your mouth, which is sometimes quite mm. complicated. Yes. I actually have wondered whether you would actually do well in practice by going to a seminar and saying, okay, there's, there's a segment here that I really loved, I'd like to learn more on it, but then being able to wrap that up into an overview talk, a presentation that you do. Mm. So for your networking group, for example, or if there's somewhere where, you, okay, I've got to take 10 slides out of here, what are mm. my 10 key messages that I want to take? Mm. How can I put that into a thing and then make that into a presentation? So by having to teach somebody else that material, 
or if there's one or two key points out of each seminar, each event, and you think, okay, I'm going to use that as a teaching tool mm. in my practice. These are three biggest things that I see coming out of this seminar that I need to be able to regurgitate for my patients and teach them. Yes. And if you actually sat down and did the work on those little segments, yes, then that would probably save you having to do study. Yes. Well, it actually, yeah, this is something that I do when I take along to my 60-second talk. Okay. Is when there's a snippet like that or when there's something from an... A, well, let's say a pearl of wisdom or a real gem from a seminar and it is quite technical, then yes, I do try and bring that into my 60-second talk and then make it palatable. But yes, but I don't know, you can never know too many details, can you? (laughs) (laughs) Invariably, some of the details have to fall out to make room for the new ones. Well, then maybe that's it. Yes, maybe do reach a saturation point. (laughs) Yes, yes. So there's there's lots of I guess learning learning paths that we follow that tend to be pretty common right across the industry. Yes, I think also as well for you know not for sort of like learning curves. Don't take on you don't have to take on every single case. I think that the help than being a naturopath now you have got to specialize and that's it. That's you can't be a broad general practitioner type of person really I think you've got to have key specialties and you are full bottle on those particular specialties if I have somebody ring in and say it's a fertility case and I've never seen them before um, I don't even let them in the door I refer them on and say if it's somebody with autism even though I see children that's not a case that's not a case type that I take on so I you you don't have to take on cases that you get you you just you can get really comfortable with particular areas and then you enjoy your work more absolutely I Mm. I definitely agree with you on that I'm working at the moment on creating a webinar we have a best practice webinar series coming out Mm. and looking at marketing outside of things so you know how do you differentiate yourself in the market and these days as you said you you need to specialize I think you need to have an area that you've become renowned for your point of differentiation to to stand out not that you're actually allowed to say it though you're not allowed to say I specialize in unless you've got a particular degree or something like that as far as you know what ANTA or the other professional bodies say but you can word it you can say has a great deal of experience with and also verbally my goodness you can say what you like I mean of course I'm going to say when I'm talking at events I do specialize in a b and c but you might just might not put it in writing so, so what are your focus areas? My focus areas are, well, chronic fatigue, ah, number yes. one. Yep. I have That's what got me into the industry. Yep. I, I, I had it. I understand it. I get it. And then chronic fatigue is such a huge area, whether it is a post-viral fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, or... Um, athletes and so on or just adrenal burnout it's a very broad area and that's something that people can relate to the gut and then children's issues they're my main three yeah Mm. wonderful the uh, earlier we can get onto the children the 
the rest of the world. Well, that's already. right. Well, I've been I've been lucky in that regard, getting known amongst because I'm also a part of a child health network group, which is another another group where you meet other practitioners and so we meet every two three months and they're professionals and so yes so so yes when you when you do have a particular niche then there are particular groups that are associated with that and then you've got more opportunities to get known through those groups and so with that I've received a lot of referrals from OTs. So what what is what's your recommendation then? Because you are so network savvy, networking yes. savvy. Yes. How do you get your foot in the door? How do you? Where, where would a starting point be? Where would your advice be for people listening if they think, oh, you know, I really do need to network more. I don't know where to start. Right. You can always you could always contact and say, just look on the net at. BNI and that is something that is a group that you can approach and they will invite you um, along and you can go along no obligation and just have a look and see what a networking group is like Um, you can look just find it on the internet or if there are practitioners that you can talk to you could always ask practitioners who have been around for a while like anyone in Perth is welcome to give me a call if they want or an email or a text or something and ask you know do I know of a good you know networking group and um, yeah and then you can just be put in touch absolutely what about um the gym what about the gym network association Can you just well you can't no in a sense you can't there is no point being a salesperson you know you just can't they have people coming in all the time wanting to sell stuff or whatever especially they've got a big client base and you'll get you'll get them on the defensive really you have to say in your own area of course if it's a successful gym that's what you want to be a part of and people that you feel that you can relate to and will like and gel with and so what um, you need to do is you need to walk the talk and join the gym and you need to be there and have people get to know you only once they've got to know you and of course it's going to come out that you're a naturopath and they might ask you the odd question so just drip feed drip feed and then later you can say approach them especially if you have the VLA you can approach them and say look I've got this really you know really great tool for looking at people's exact fat and muscle and it's so useful how about for all of your clients I am happy to do a um, complimentary or or maybe even just even a small charge if you feel better about that um, for your clients what do you think and they I think they would be really pleased with that and people I think are open with that especially if they've got to know you because you know that they know that you're not going to be stealing their clients or anything like that and uh, yeah, it can actually work the other way I said to one of the personal trainers just recently I said you know with permission from the client who was coming back for follow-up um, body composition assessments for which I was charging her for she'd actually put on weight oh. and she was pretty cross but then I pointed out hey a lot of this was muscle that's fantastic she said wow my personal trainer's really lucky I was going to you know I was going to be really angry and so I was able to tell the personal trainer this and of course she told him as well so that's an example of working 
collaboratively and then of course you know gyms like to run their own detox programs so of course you can just you know you let them do what they want to do but oh then there's the scenario where people aren't responding or they want to keep going but on a healthy plan under naturopathic supervision so lo and behold there you are to provide that for them so yeah it's a great way to go in actual fact uh, some practitioners aren't big on gyms, so there's definitely no. different options. I think, you know, you're looking at, I always think a teacher's staff room is a great place to go. Yes. Because yes. teachers are so stressed and strung out and mm. time poor, exhausted, having to deal with kids. It's bad enough having your own one or two, but yes. <laughs> having 26, 36 yes. in the classroom. Yes. Um, I think that's always a great place to be. Yes, yes, absolutely. And also in an area like a staff room, you're going to, you know, who's going to sign up for that particular type of program and see the naturopath and get on a health kick and then they're all encouraging each other so then it feeds on itself where people are all motivating each other so that's why when you approach groups that's where it feeds on itself mm. but you're under a lot of pressure to do a good job <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to be confident Yes, you have to be confident and you really have to look after, you really have to look after the clients, especially the alpha clients that yes. others will be following within the group. Absolutely. That's a, yes. that's a good tip actually. Yes, keep the alpha happy. Mm. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I was just thinking when you were talking earlier about, you know, you walk the talk, you go to the gym, you belong to the gym. Yes. And we're talking about specialising. Yes. I was thinking that maybe it's a better way if you're thinking about, okay, how can I network, where can I network If as a practitioner, mm. is actually look at yourself first. Yes. What am I interested in? What yes. do I love to treat? What are my areas that I'm good at? What's, yes. What's my focus area? Yes, um, yes. Before you set out to just network because you might not have a good match with the, the, the networking group if you yes. pick wrongly. That's right. Like I probably would not do very well with a lot of, say, vegetarians who meditate three times a day. We probably would not connect, and that's okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm better with a different group of people. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can, pick your, you can pick your audience or you can, yeah, you can target it. Yeah, absolutely. And also um, what happens as well is what I'm finding is just being my age, sort of heading fast towards 50, and some people are heading towards 50, you can go down one road or you can go down another road. And I definitely want to be as best as I can within my power, be fit, healthy, well, and age well. And so does pretty much everybody else. So I'm learning on the job as I go with my own coming back from knee injuries and hormonal stuff and everything else. So, and then applying that, um, that's something too. So as naturopaths get older, I think we're just going to get more business just for that reason too. Yeah, we've got more yes. life experience, we've more got more physical life. experience. What's yes. like to be in a body that's ageing? That's right, that's right. What do we have to do and what have we done to have kept on track? Yes, what is what have our own bodies responded to? And do we do we look okay? You know, do we yeah, are we keeping fairly, you know, youthful and and aging, aging well and keeping agile? Yeah, 
well, you're looking fabulous, I must oh, say. Oh, thank person. you. <laughs> so do you do, do you do things yourself? Do you, do you practice what you do with your patients? So if you're if you're a big detoxer, do you detox yourself yeah. regularly? Yes. Or do you stick with a wellness program? Do you, you know, what what do you do that that keeps you on track and keeps you in touch with your patients on on your treatment level? Okay, so diet, mind body connection, also diet with my children as well. Ah. That's a biggie. So you know, day one of, you know, having babies and introducing solids and having toddlers, you know, what am I going to do with my patients with this? And so I have so set my own standard with my own kids. I've set my own standard with my own diet. My pizza chips husband can suffer at times, but then he realises that he should be more like me when his own health suffers. So I live that way. Diet is really important to me. I'm always using remedies. I'm always doing express detoxes, absolutely. I keep fit and of course that mind-body connection as far as um, I love to recommend books such as Eckhart Tolle which is very much you know the antidote for our fast-paced lives the living in the now is so important and so um, I've always prescribed that book and meditation apps and fitness exercise I'm really big on exercise because of all of the good benefits preventing cancer helping cancer treatment good for your um, brain, keeping cognitively sharp and everything else. So, good for my yes. biome too, we're learning. Well, I shall hear more about that on Sunday, you won't will. I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will indeed. Well, which sort of brings us around, I think, to uh, after you saying all those things, you're, you're walking the talk, you are a giant yes, that uh, people can learn from. So... As the podcast is called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants, do you have any advice for practitioners? Is there a key thing that you know you want people to know, live by, something that they can help them get through practice world in a better way? I think that if they just be true to themselves, and especially if you're starting out or if there's a dip in the economy and you're having a quiet patch, just always think of the last patient you helped and just believe in yourself because naturopaths have so much to offer. Thank you so much. We absolutely do. Yes. Thank you, Angela. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Metagenics Best Practice Podcast. Find us on iTunes and leave a review. Join our practitioner-only Metagenics Facebook group to be informed of new podcast releases, keep up to date with key industry updates and more. Visit metagenics.com.au to find useful links and resources relating to this podcast and sign up to our e-newsletter.